0: You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the major league baseball, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. This is dropping on the 15th day of November 2019. We're going to be talking about the National League and American League most valuable player results and take a peek at a couple people who are going to be sticking around next year because they actually accepted the qualifying offer. So this show is available on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh we're on Player FM Pod being all the places we you get your podcasts. You can go to directly to the website lockedonmlb.com. You can get in your car and tell your smart device play podcast Lockdown MLB. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown MLB. I personally am at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Well, here we go. Here we go. We take a look at the players who won the most valuable player and it was, well, you know, it was some razor thin candidates here. Now, we had Mike Trout, who played 134 games. You had Marcus Simeon, who played 162 games. He didn't miss a game. Trout m- missed the last few weeks of the season with injuries, and Alex Bregman, who basically played the full season, had a couple of days off here or there. Now, of the three leading American League candidates, Trout led them with 45 home runs. If you like RBIs, Bregman had more RBI with 112. It was, none of them batted 300, by the way. Bregman had the highest average of the three, 296. If you like OPS, and I know I do, the Trout had the 1.83 OPS. Marcus Simeon had the most total bases at 343. The most walks of the group was by Alex Bregman with 119. And the most hits were by Simeon, 187. The most doubles were also by Simeon with 43. So lots of really tight and hard to differentiate stats between those three terrific players. Um, If you dig war... Uh, the they all all right neck and neck in terms of war. The highest war of the three was Alex Bregman with 8.4, but he didn't run away with it because Trout was at 8.3 and Simeon, 8.1. So they basically were of absolute equal value. Uh, in terms of salary, Mike Trout was paid $36 million and Alex Bregman was paid $640,000. So the... Bregman gave the Astros the most bang for their bucks, but don't cry for Bregman. He is going to be a wealthy man at some point in his life. So I thought the uh, MVP was going to go to Bregman because, well, I think because Trout was injured the last few weeks of the season, and I also because some people will point to the war and say, do you know what? They're just about equal at war. Bregman played more games. The Astros had the better year. All these other qualities. Well, guess what? Trout got the award. And I personally would have voted for Trout because I feel that he was the best player in baseball. He is the most value. And I think that if he wasn't injured the last couple of weeks, he would have towered over the other two in some of the stats. And I've made the point that I do point to the Angels' record as a reason to vote for Trout because the Angels were, on. if you watched them, and I saw a bunch of Angels games this year, they were bad. They couldn't pitch, they couldn't hit, they couldn't field, they stunk. And yet they were not one of the several teams to lose 100 games, and I think that's all because of Trout. But Trout won it, and if he hadn't won it, I have what's called the Cohen Brothers rule that I can't really whine if a player or someone doesn't add to a trophy case doesn't stuff their trophy case more i had that same thought i would have voted for trout and for verlander and if they hadn't if they lost to cole and bregman i would have been okay with it because you know they've been rewarded in the past well guess what trout is now a three-time american league most valuable player just adding more and more to his resume for what will eventually be a Hall of Fame resume, he's already the greatest player in Angels history. Let's take a look at some of the other American League players. We've talked about Trout, Bregman, and Simeon. They were 1, 2, and 3. DJ LeMahieu, who I think could very easily have been in the top three, he finished in fourth. Xander Bogarts, who had a wonderful season for the Red Sox, he finished in fifth. He did get a third-place vote. It's funny, the Red Sox did not really contend this year. And yet, when you take a look at the players who received MVP votes, you have Bogarts, Betts, that's two, Devers, who I think was the Red Sox MVP, three, and J.D. Martinez, who finished 21st, four. So they had four players who got votes for top 10 most valuable player. That's, That's basically half your lineup get MVP votes, and they didn't really contend. It was that kind of a year for the Red Sox. It was a good team on paper. Their offense was tremendous, but they didn't really contend. Anyway, uh, some other Yankees around there. You had uh, DJ LeMayhew, and you had Glaber Torres uh, finished 17th. I think he probably should have finished higher than that. Uh, Some of the other players who got MVP votes, rounding out the top 10 with Matt Chapman of the A's, George Springer of the Astros, I mentioned Mookie Betts, Nelson Cruz of the Twins, and Garrett Cole. I find it very interesting that Garrett Cole finished higher than Verlander in the AL MVP votes, but Verlander finished higher in the Cy Young vote. You have Devers, Jorge Polanco of the Twins, there's a bunch of Twins on here as well. Austin Meadows of the Rays, Francisco Lindor, whose birthday was on the 14th, and he very well may have played his final game in Cleveland. Uh, you have Carlos Santana. That was a nice pickup bringing him back. He's at 16. I mentioned Claybert Torres. Another twin as Eddie Rosario. Jose Abreu. I'll get back to him in a second. Another twin, Max Kepler. JD Martinez, Juan Moncada, Charlie Morton, Matt Olson of the A's, and Jorge Soler of the KC Royals. Hey, notice that Moncada is on there. And that means that he is starting to come to fruition. The Chris Sale trade, which in the short term certainly helped the Red Sox. They got an ace for a World Series winner and a guy to stand on the mound when they won it all. But Mankata was the big piece of that, and he got his first taste of MVP votes. He finished 21st, but do you know what? That's a nice building block for the Chicago White Sox. And so there you have your American League MVP slate. Turns of the National League, I really thought it was going to go to Christian Yelich, and I probably would have voted for Christian Yelich. Uh, Cody Bellinger had a tremendous season. He won the MVP, uh, and, and you take a look at his stats, and he was he put up big numbers. You know, he had an OPS of one point three five. He slugged for the entire season six twenty nine. Hit more home runs than the top three candidates with forty seven, and. You know, finished with a three oh five batting average. Uh, but Christian Jelic had the, you know, had the higher slugging, six seventy one. He had 44 home runs, and he missed the final 20 games of the season. And Bellinger, I really thought, was going to, uh, let's just be kind and say suffer from the fact that, you know, the first half of the season, he batted three thirty six and his OPS was 1.124. In the second half of the season, he batted 263 and he had a fine OPS of 917, but it was a big drop-off. He batted 235 in August. He had, you know, he had a little bit of a drop. Still a productive second half of the season, but I thought the fact that his stats went from mind-boggling to merely excellent may have cost him some votes as people tend to overvalue how you finish rather than how you start it. But that did not turn out to be the case. And here we go. Bellinger wins the National League Most Valuable Player two years after winning Rookie of the Year. That's quite a way to start your career. Thank you very much. Uh, Rendon topped off the top three, and he actually got one first-place vote. Obviously, these votes were done before the postseason. But Rendon is going to free agency as a top three MVP and someone who had a fantastic postseason. Take a look at some of the other players who got MVP candidates. Cattell Marte finished fourth. Good for him. And Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Braves, he finished fifth. He is as exciting a player as there is in baseball. I hope the whole narrative about him not running out, that ball will finally fade away. Nolan Arenado. Finished sixth, Great player for the Colorado Rockies. And hey, Pete Alonzo is a top 10 MVP finisher. Finishes number 7. The Mets are putting together a team with some stars if they can only pad that team around them. Freddie Freeman, who had one of his best seasons for a Braves team that looks like it's going to contend for a while. He came in at 8. Juan Soto of 9. Jacob deGrom at 10. Josh Donaldson of the Braves. I wonder where he's going to be playing next year. He's at 11. Trevor Story of Colorado at 12. Jack Flaherty of the Cardinals. JT Riomoto. Four players were tied at 15. Yasmani Grandal, Max Muncy, Steven Strasburg. Yet another free agent there. And Eugenio Suarez of the Reds. Another free agent, Hyunjing Ryu. It's at 19. And then tied at 20 was Goldschmidt and Wong with the Cardinals. With Kevin Pillar. Who would have thought that at 22? Tied with Max Scherzer. You'll notice who I didn't list. You notice I didn't list Manny Machado. You notice that I did not list Bryce Harper for those players who were you know given the king's ransom could not crack the top 23 most valuable players in the National League. Must be a little head-scratching, at least for the teams that thought they were getting elite superstars. Now, of course, these are long-term moves. And if Manny Machado plays for a Padres team that turns it around, or if the Phillies wind up having a terrific season under Joe Girardi, which I think they probably will have a big improvement because they don't have a bonehead like Gabe Kapler running the joint. But it's interesting about how coveted they were, as such impact players they were, and they are not even whispered in the National League Most Valuable Player race. Just pointing out the obvious right there. Hey, I want to bring up a couple things. You know, the qualifying offers for uh, free agency is what they you know they they have to throw a qualifying offer at a player if they go into free agency. And say hey, we do want you. We're going to offer you this one year deal. You want it? You want it? You want it? And it's usually a formality that they reject it, but that allows the team to get a draft pick compensation. That also was what basically spooked teams from signing Dallas Keuchel and possibly for signing. Machado and signing uh, Bryce Harper in the offseason, and certainly spooked him from signing Craig Kimbrell and, uh, as I mentioned, Dallas Keuchel. Well, qualifying offers were rejected by Madison Baumgartner, Garrett Cole, Josh Donaldson, Marcelo Zuna of the Cardinals, Anthony Rendon and Steven Strasburg of the Nationals, and Zach Wheeler of the Mets. Will Smith of the Giants rejected it and signed with the Braves. Basically sniffing the waters and saying like, oh, I guess it's going to be rebuilding here in San Francisco. I think I'm going to go to a winner. I'm just glad he didn't sign with the Dodgers where you'd have Will Smith pitching to Will Smith and maybe cut to the stands and there's Will Smith. But I do find it interesting that Jake Odorizzi of the Twins and Jose Abreu of the White Sox accepted those offers. Maybe Jake Odorizzi looked up and said, look it, he's about to be 30 years old. And that's when people start to get a little spooked by players' long-term uh, projections. And also the fact that he had one of his best all-round years after being a, a nice pitcher. Nice! He was a nice pitcher. A nice pitcher for Tampa Bay Rays all those years. He signed with Minnesota, had a mediocre first year in 2018, but made the All-Star team with a fine year with the Minnesota Twins for the team that went on to win the American League Central. He looked up and said, well, why am I going to go through a free agent period where a team will probably value a draft pick over me, then he decided to stick around with Minnesota. And so the Twins don't have to worry about well, how, what are we going to do to replace Jake Odorizzi. I think the more interesting name is Jose Abreu. And Jose Abreu, who won the Rookie of the Year when it's a, uh uh expatriate from Cuba, came over. And at 27, just led the American League in slugging and OPS Plus in 2014. And has given the White Sox and their fans six solid years, a couple all-star games and a silver slugger along the way, and led the league in runs bad in, if you still like that sort of a thing, with the White Sox last year. And looked like he was a nice foundation as a slugger as they're building with the Andersons and the Moncadas of the world and trying to piece together, in the uh, Eloy Menezes of the world, trying to put together a White Sox team for the future. Well, he's going to stick around and make it seven seasons in the south side of Chicago, and I like that. I like that he wants to be part of this team, and he seems to enjoy being a Chicago White Sox, and probably looked up and said, I wonder if I'm going to have more value as a free agent the year after rejecting the or accepting a qualifying offer because he could be a free agent next year and they won't have any draft pick compensation attached to him. And I often wonder this season if Kimbrell and if Keuchel had accepted that qualifying offer and would be going into free agency this year if they'd be getting a bigger bounty. Well, we do know that Keuchel is going to free agency this year because he only signed a one-year deal with the Atlanta Braves. So we're going to see how that turns out and where he lands. But, Jose Abreu gets a little bit of MVP consideration and gets, where did he finish again? Jose Abreu was uh, 19th in the American League MVP vote. And he's going to remain teammates with Yoen Mancata, who finished 21st in the MVP votes. And maybe it'll be interesting in Chicago. Who knows? But what I do know is I'm going to continue doing these podcasts in the offseason. So go to the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. Go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Podbeam, all the places you get podcasts. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. This has been the Locked On MLB podcast for the 15th day of November 2019. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.